Hello, everybody. Before we jump into today's episode, we have two sponsors we want to say thank you to for supporting this show. The first one is Routine. You guys have heard me talk about Routine, honestly, back from the early days of the podcast, and it's still a product I use every single morning. They have a prompt for me here. I'm going to do a little impromptu on this ad read today because, honestly, this is a product that I truly believe in, and so I'm, going to, I'm just going to tell you guys exactly what I think and why. First and foremost, um, this is a stat that they shared, but when you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water. And most of that's just sweating while you sleep. Um, I used to not know if that was actually true, to be honest. I felt like a pound to a pound and a half of water seemed like quite a bit while I slept. But the one thing I did constantly pay attention to when I started using a routine was just the fact that before using a routine, I always felt a little dehydrated in the morning. And and I'm one of those people that when I get up, I get up really early usually. I work out. One of the one of the first things I do is some form of fitness. That's just like what I do before everyone's awake. And so it's very easy for me to grab a coffee, you know, pre-workout, an energy drink, something with caffeine in it, and just go. When I am good about using routine first, I basically take they come in these little single serve packets. Um, they contain half an organic lemon a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and they have no sugar in them at all. A lot of hydration products are going to have sugar. So one of the things routine, one of the things about routine that I love is that there's no sugar in there. Um, so when I am good about doing this consistently, I will take one of those single serve packets, I'll throw it in my mixer bottle. And whether I also put in a pre-workout or something with caffeine, or I just drink that separately, I try to drink that first. And the days I do that, I do genuinely feel hydrated, and just have a different form of clarity all morning. A lot of people have tried to make their own homemade versions of routine, right? You see people making, they take an, a, a shot of the apple cider vinegar, they put a little sea salt, a little lemon in a drink. This is essentially that, but in a product that you can take with you on the go, have it ready for you first thing in the morning. I know me personally, when I'm groggy rolling out of bed, the last thing I want to do is you know squeeze a lemon, cut lemons up, go get the apple cider vinegar, find my sea salt. I just rip this packet open, throw it in my water, drink it, and it's good to go. You can try yours today. If you haven't tried it yet and you've been listening to this podcast for years, just try the damn routine. Give it a shot. You can use code SHANEWHITE30 and get 30% off your first order. So you get 30% off by using code SHANEWHITE30 and go to yourroutine.com. To make it even easier, I've added the link to yourroutine.com in the show notes. So just click on the show notes for this episode. Click on the link to yourroutine.com and don't forget to use code SHANEWHITE30. All right, guys. Today's episode is also brought to you by, bought to you. It's brought to you by NeuroRoast. Again, I'm going to go a little off script here. NeuroRoast is a product that I also came across during this year of 2023. They are a a coffee brand, coffee company that's helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. This is another product that, to be honest with you, when I first started working with it, I was a little on the fence. I was like, do I really want to have mushrooms in my coffee? Well, folks, I will tell you, when I use NeuroRoast, one of the things that has stood out to me the most is in, well, I'll back up. People that know me know that I have way too much caffeine, typically. One of the things this year I've done a good job of is cutting out alcohol. Not completely, but predominantly, I don't touch a lot of alcohol anymore. What I think I've actually done the other way, though, is add a lot more caffeine. So I do, I do definitely drink too much caffeine. That's something I need to work on next year is to try to minimize how much of that. But NeuroRoast is something that has actually helped me. Because of the way they've formulated their coffee, 
like unlike regular coffee, which is, you know, still something I consume, but NeuroRoast specifically um, doesn't cause jitters or crashes. Mushroom coffee provides more balance and sustained energy, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. So the times I do use NeuroRoast, I'll be honest, I, I just don't feel that jittery, like I'm jumping out of my chair or standing here at my desk, jumping around feeling. So give NeuroRoast a try. They have some really good flavors. I'll be honest too. The two guys that started NeuroRoast are just really good, really good dudes based out of New York and uh, they're hustling and, and hopefully they can, they can get some people to try NeuroRoast this holiday season um, by listening to this podcast. So for you folks who've been on the fence, I'm telling you, it tastes delicious. They've done a fantastic job of making this coffee not only be functional, but taste fantastic. And if you want to try NeuroRoast, you can use code Shane White. So it's super simple, just Shane White at checkout. Um, you'll also get 30% off. So if you go to neuroroast.com, and once again, I have added that to the show notes. So just click into the show notes while you're listening to this episode. You can click on NeuroRoast link directly. Don't forget to use code just Shane White, and you'll get 30% off your order. Um, hope you guys love both these products. I'm trying to not only bring you guys products that I use, but that I believe in on the podcast. Um, I'm not taking ad reads for any brands that I don't really believe in. So anyway, hope you guys love both those products, yourroutine.com and neuroroast.com. I've added those links to the show notes. I uh, hope you guys love it. And I got an awesome guest coming up right after this. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. A fan favorite is back today, none other than Pat Sherwood. Pat, thank you for coming back, my friend. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you as well, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. You're one of those people in my small circle of people on my podcast list where I always, I always love to just keep in touch, reach out every so often about random things, and love to connect with you live on the podcast. It's nothing better than that. We still haven't well, met in person, though. We'll have to change that. Hopefully, yeah, next, I know that's funny. Know, that's that's in today's digital age, is how it is, and I, I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy our conversations because, truth be told, I actually don't do a lot of podcasts where I'm the guest. Oh, really? Yeah, that's I surprising. Tell you I'm the actually last shocked. one that I did. You know, it's not a common. I actually avoid it to some degree. Sure, I can see that. <laughs> well, I always wonder for for people who come on. It's funny. I mean, we talked about it maybe a little bit off air, like my day to I call it my day job, but it's it's my business. You know, we help brands online with e commerce. A lot of them are better for you, food, beverage type brands. And for a lot of those guests, inevitably, hopefully it's, you know, someone sees the podcast and it could be a buyer at Whole Foods, for example. I've mm -hmm. had a few of those where the bar brand or whatever food type it is comes on here and then the buyer that I know over there sees the podcast on LinkedIn and boom, boom, they have a, you know, that's what I always hope comes out of it is people get something. Sure. Um, yeah. For you, I just, yeah, thank you. Cause I don't know, hopefully people go to Lynchpin. I post, it's funny though. I was thinking about it before I come on. I hope most people that follow me in any way on any platform, they have got to have seen a hundred, 300, 500 posts about Lynchpin workouts at this point. So um, if anyone's listening who follows me on social media, you, by, you maybe didn't know Pat was the man behind Lynchpin before today, but uh, he's well, the one that say, programs I all of my... That, uh, that's my advertising because I don't do any advertising. So thank you yeah. for doing that. Hell yeah, absolutely, man. I always laugh because um, 
we talked about it very briefly too, and we'll, we'll dive into this, but what I've always loved, and this is just a, a true, just a, a push out to all my audience today, who's been on the fence or have seen me post about it. There are so many different types of workout apps, programs, different things out there. I got turned on to CrossFit when I joined RX Bar back in 2017. I didn't mm. even know. I had heard of CrossFit. I came from, you know, the middle of Indiana and no one I knew was doing CrossFit. So it wasn't like anything I was being shown. Right. And then all of a sudden I would go to work at a brand where it's like built on the back of, of CrossFit. So I was kind of thrown into what it was. And even since then, like, you know, I've tested, tried other workout plans and it's funny. It's just like every time I've like sprinkled into something more complicated, I quickly get pulled right back and I'm like, no, no, no. Lynchman mm -hmm. and Pat stuff. It's just what I love to do. It's straightforward. There's something about um, keeping it simpler. And I don't want to say your, your, your program is not simple by any no, means. There's a right. ton of energy that goes into it, but there's not, right. you know. 45 minutes of workouts, 17 parts to the workout, a 45 minute cool down. It's, we can get into what Lynchpin does, but that's what I started falling victim to a couple of years ago before I started using Lynchpin religiously. So. Agreed. You know, and the truth is, you know, people have, if they hear the term CrossFit, they can have any sort of a reaction to it, right? Upside down, positive, negative, whatever. You know, when, when I first got into it and to this day, you know, I first got into it 2005, so it's been a bit, but even to this day, when I first got into it, I had no particular allegiance to CrossFit. Didn't care about the brand. Didn't matter, right? And it, when, what made me try it, I was, hadn't tried it. And then I stuck with it because it actually worked. It was mm -hmm. literally that sure. simple. Yeah. And then to this and day. You, sorry, Pat, when you say worked, what, what do you, for people listening who don't know what that means, get, what, you what know, do you mean? I get, fitter, faster, and stronger in less time than anything else that I'd tried. And it okay. kept my attention and I didn't get bored and I didn't get hurt. And I didn't waste my time either, which I liked sure. a lot. Yeah. Right down to brass tacks, there was no fluff. And, and now all these years later, I still don't actually have any allegiance to CrossFit. And what I mean by that is if I found something else that worked better, I'd drop it in a heartbeat because why would I stick with something when there's something else that works better? I, sure. don't, I, I don't like have that. that sort of allegiance. I have an allegiance to what works. And the people in the linchpin community, they want me to siphon and find out what works. And so there has been, and I don't think the cross methodology was perfect as it was, you know, it wasn't delivered from the heavens and these tablets <laughs> to be untouched forever. You know, right. I think it was, as close to perfect as anything on the planet had. And then over the course of the last couple of decades and thousands and thousands and thousands of gyms and people experimenting, I feel there have been some, you know, best practices and some tweaks and mods to the original recipe that in my mind, make it even better than what it was 20 years ago. And, and not that everyone does it the same, but I do feel that's where we've evolved with linchpin because even though we're steeped in crossfit tradition there's some things we do that certainly are not classic crossfit like we do workouts not for time like a, mm -hmm. a quintessential benchmark of crossfit is for time three to one go right we'll do workouts not for time you know heavy days at a high heart rate tons of strict work um i do not think that you should burn it down with high intensity every day i actually think that's borderline negligent and quite dumb you know, so we're very you posted vocal. about this today, right? In our it was every funny Friday. Did, yep. Every Friday, yeah, you know, I was gonna say I saw low intensity days have value, moderate intensity days have value, and then 
you feel mentally and physically ready to bring it on the high intensity days that you select. That's a wild divergence from what came out 20 years ago. So like I said, I think it was about as close to the finish line as any strength and conditioning program I'd ever seen. But now how it is, and you know, or at least since it's like a, you know, it's open technology that you can play with, you know, and, and if you experiment with it enough, I think you could really optimize it. And hopefully that's what we've done at Lynchpin. No, I, I definitely think so. And I do think that's probably, if I was to boil the ocean of everyone in my circles of friends, family, colleagues that have ever asked me about CrossFit or more likely than not, I'm talking to them about, oh, you should definitely try Lynchpin. And they're like, oh, I couldn't do CrossFit for reason mm. X, Y, and Z it's always because, oh, it's too intense. Like I'm sure. going to hurt myself. That's always the very quick response that I get. And so yeah. <laughs> I really took, I took light of that, uh, the, what you set out today, because that made a ton of sense to me of, of, of taking a week, looking at all the week's workouts, deciding ahead of time, if there's one, maybe two in there that are worth really pushing the pedal down and then, and then kind of like planning it out with an intensity at the forefront. Yeah. Um, I know we, we kind of hit on it last time we did an episode, but I think it's it's worth re-asking again for people who maybe this is their first time listening to the show. That is definitely, I think, the biggest myth within CrossFit is just, it's so intense, I'm going to hurt myself, I can't do it. What do you say to people like that? I, I think I probably know the answer, but I'm just curious nowadays what you, how you think about it. Yeah, you know, I always say that, and I'm not saying that like, I was that guy, like rewind the clock. When I first got into CrossFit, as far as I was concerned, you you pressed the gas pedal down to the floor every single day. And my friends and I got along with, uh, away with it for a really, really long time, quite frankly, and everything went great. Um, but if you stick around this game long enough, father time will catch up with you. No one's that special. So if you are getting away with it, you either haven't been doing CrossFit that long or you're in your 20s or early 30s. But okay. it will, that check, that rent check will come due. <laughs> right, right. So you can either, you know, be proactive about selecting it um, or it will self-select at some point in time. But I would say regardless of where you are in your fitness journey, if you're 25, 35, 45, or 55, I don't think that you should burn it down every single solitary day. And I think you should modulate your intentionally, deliberately, just like we modulate so many other things, you know, it's, it's a rare human being that can just give a hundred percent every single day without eventually reaching some sort of muscular or emotional or mental just burnout. And so, uh, you know, truth be told, most people don't stick, don't stick with working out anyway, yeah, you know? And true, so true. setting yourself up, in my opinion, with lessons learned and good experiences to hopefully allow you to actually be consistent is a smart thing to do. And one of those things is modulating your intensity. Okay. And so I, I would love to bring it to a situation that I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So it's funny since we talked last, um, we moved. So we got, we moved into a, a bigger home where we, uh, I think last time I talked to you, I don't know if you, my wife gave birth in January. So we have a, we have a one-year-old. We just celebrated Ooh, his first birthday. You're, so you're busy. I know. So it's busy, <laughs> but we have a, we have our second one due in May. Oh so, man, congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So the, the moral of my question is Whew. that we moved we moved at the end of the year. Yeah, we got the one-year-old. We have another one on the way. Life, life business is hectic and busy. And to top it off, in our in our new home, 
my old house, it was a, it was a much smaller house with a, like a, a detached garage. So that was like my oasis. It was not heated yeah. super well, but it was my CrossFit gym space. It was dirty. It was mine. It was just like, I could do whatever I wanted in there. Cause it was so far away from the house. Mm -hmm. We move into this house and the garage is, is like a part of the house now. So it was, and I, what I didn't think about was it's under our master bedroom. So mm. we move everything. I spend, you know, a full week, pretty much getting everything set up. Garage gym is, is squared away. It looks awesome. Morning one, I'm doing deadlifts from a, a linchpin workout and three deadlifts in, I, you know, I'm doing this at five <laughs> something in the morning. I get a text from my wife saying like, what the hell are you doing below us? So long story short, I've been in the process of like moving it. I'm actually built like redoing a, a couple of rooms in the basement. So it's gonna be like an indoor, it's gonna okay. be nice. I, I kind of, I'm gonna miss the garage because I, I genuinely like the doors open and the fresh air when it's like spring here in Chicago, mm -hmm. but it'll be, it'll be easier for life to have it in the basement and um, long story short. Anyway, my point is through this transition and like contractors are here trying to do some stuff and it's like my gym is kind of uh broken apart right now for lack of better words like some things have we've tried to move down there yeah and so i've been doing i feel like a lot more scaling the last two weeks than i normally do and primarily because i can't be too loud early in the morning with you know as heavy as i normally would want to go mm -hmm. it's really interesting pat because I've been using essentially linchpins, usually a scaled option, or even I might even take a scale option and scale it a little bit further for whatever works that day. And sure. I'm trying really hard to live to the value you talk about a lot of like fitness will still be achieved, even if you don't 100%. do exactly what you wrote 100%. up. And I, I can tell everyone's listening. It's like, it's been a good test for me because I'm one of those people that I'm like, well, I don't do the workout that Pat programs. Like I'm not getting fitter today. I understand. And the last couple of weeks have been a good a good uh, learning lesson for me of, you know, I scaled it down to simpler movements, probably a lot more body weight movements than I've ever done over a two week period. And um, feeling great. I'm at the same weight. Nothing's changed drastic. You know what I mean? It's like, it's funny. You know what else you might benefit from is doing the dumbbell work, the dumbbell option each day. That's a good idea. And I have not really done that. That's, That's a great, a great point. That's what I did when we had, you know, we with three kids and our youngest is now two and a half. And but when we were in the throes of it, you know, six months old, a year old, and time was just poof, went away, had yeah. no free time and workout whenever I could. I just dragged a pair of, I had two pairs of dumbbells in my office, like behind my desk, got a pair of 50s and a pair of 35s, depending upon how okay. froggy I was feeling or what the workout was. Yeah. And I did so many just chopped up segmented workouts because I'd have to stop two rounds in for 20 minutes, then walk back, do rounds three and four stop and mm. then an hour later i did round five and the workout was done and i lived great, like that for great months point. and months and heavy days were done with the dumbbells because you know it's it doesn't it takes a lot less time to warm up to pick up a pair of 50 pound dumbbells than a 300 pound barbell for example you 100%. can warm up a lot quicker and so when i'm short on time i can be ready faster with the dumbbell option and so i i lived with the dumbbells for a long time and man it was good for my mental health. You know, it got me out of my comfort zone. It exposed me to a ton of variants and nothing happened bad with my fitness. Yeah. You know, like, right. It was all good. So you might, and, and you can, they can be very quiet too, I guess is the point I was thinking about with you. They don't yes, take a lot of room and they can be, you know, ninja training, just silent. That's a really good point, Pat. I don't know why I've not done that. That's a, that's a really, really good point. I will definitely give that a shot because that's, that was, it was the sound that was the issue. Um, yeah. 
that I was I trying to sell for. Dumbbells are a beast, man. I mean, you, we will not be shortchanged with those things. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I love that. And, and for everyone listening, I think the point of me even bringing that up was, was not only like you can, you can scale down something like what Lynchpin does and what CrossFit does in general, but it goes to show for anyone at any level, you know, you can get into this baby steps and test for, from past yeah. perspective, right? Like you, you don't have to start do... with fifties. You can start with fives, oh. tens and start light. In all honesty, let's not lie to one another. A pair of 50 pound dumbbells, which are, you know, commonly associated with the gentleman. You're a monster. If you can move those around on a regular, those are no joke. Like, right. it, you know, I, so, I mean, you could be a grown man, own a pair of 35s for the rest of your life and be the fittest dad on the planet. Like just, just and and most CrossFitters not to get us off track are so, and I'll say this, you know, throwing myself under the bus as well are so bizarre and just out of their mind with what they think they're training for or how much fitness they think that they need. Of hundred percent. What in the world is everyone training for where they need like <laughs> 600 pound deadlift and a five minute mile? It's like, what? I don't know anybody yeah. like that in special operations. Like you're just an yeah. accountant. What the hell are you training yeah. for? You know, and then yeah. you blow out your back trying to get this monster deadlift, which you have no reason, you know, to try to get like, it doesn't matter what you deadlift for back squat. Honestly, it's yeah. just, it just matters that you are deadlifting and you are back squatting. That's what's going to make you a beast and that you're making appropriate choices for whatever your athletic ability level is not the full-time athlete lunatic that you saw on Instagram. And for some odd reason, you feel you need to chase their numbers. Like, Use it for some motivation if that helps you get fired up and walk into the gym, but but don't chase somebody's times and numbers that for you are negligent and they're going right. to risk your knees, back, and shoulders. Because as as somebody approaching fifty years old, I'm here to tell you what's cooler than a a monster squat snatch is knees, backs, and shoulders that don't hurt every day. Hundred percent. You're I didn't hear approaching fifty. No way. Are you really? Yeah, I'm forty eight. Oh my gosh! I thought you, I legit. If someone asked me, I'd be like, I bet Pat's. 41 42 but there you go that goes to show it's up man it just keeps it just keeps coming it just keeps coming it doesn't change i know it doesn't slow down um that's really wild i totally agree um and i do think i am definitely one of those people that fall into that too like for the longest time and i, I think i told this on the very first podcast for the longest time it was only aesthetics from the day i started working out like religiously going to a gym when i was you know what 17 18 until probably like a year ago, that was, mm -hmm. that was, that was the North star aesthetics. Yeah, then I, would, yeah. I remember I stopped at one point and I was like, I've been doing this for so long and nothing's changed. Maybe I should take a look at what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And it was like right. eating shitty, not tracking food at all. Just yo-yo drinking too much, doing not the right type of workouts. So there, I agree. I mean, there's just so many overcomplicated ways you go about it and what you're training for. I know for me, I'd be curious if you felt this way. It was something weird in my brain. Like the day my son was born, it, tra it tra transitioned from what you are describing to, oh, I just want to like be really mobile and fit as long as humanly possible. Like something triggered in my head and it turned into like this longevity thing. Absolutely. Fit, you know, fit fast and strong is what all of us want to be. But that, that can mean those can be defined in a whole bunch of ways, right? But but the truth is, yeah, I just want to be around 
for my family for as long as possible. I don't want them to have to take care of me. I want right. to be able to take care of myself and take care of them. And I want to have, you know, I can't, again, I can't overemphasize this as, as somebody who has had a significant amount of injuries, not because of fitness, but because of dumb stuff in the military, motorcycle wrecks. Like if you're, if you're somebody who hasn't lived with chronic pain, you don't know how much it sucks. Like mm -hmm. you don't want chronic pain. And if you're in a car wreck, there's nothing you can do about it. But you don't have to hurt yourself in your daily fitness routine because you're trying to train like you're going to the games for some unknown reason with loading and volume and gobs of intensity that make no sense at all. Like that will catch up with you. You'll get a tweak, you'll get a tear, you'll get a sprain, you'll get an overuse. And if you're lucky, it'll go away. If you're not lucky, it won't. And you don't, it's just not worth it. You know, it's not worth it. So yeah, I just want to live a, a long, high quality life. And I want to be able to do just life's daily tasks. You know, you get, we got a, a down tree in the yard. I got to go work the chainsaw for four hours and drag wood around all day long in the rain. Want to be able to do that. Somebody wants to go on a half day or a full day hike with a 30 pound pack. Want to be able to say yes. Like that's, and me going into my garage and doing dumbbell thrusters intelligently and appropriately, and it allows me to do that. And it allows me to walk right. into the doctor and him go, wow, what do you got going on? Things look great. It's like, so that's, that's the whole goal. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, it's such a simple way to, to put it. it. And I think hopefully the point of everyone in that, you know, this first segment today is that CrossFit doesn't need to be this crazy, intense, scary thing if you haven't gotten into it. I, and again, I'm, I'm just trying to constantly push people to try this <laughs> stuff because it does work. It does work and it can be fun and it doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. So agreed. Um, yep, agreed. Well, thanks for all you do, Pat. I, I think yeah, no, it's, easy day, it's, man. it's, it's people like you that make linchpin special. I mean, um, the only, you know, I'll, I'll brag on just the people like you, like the community that we have, people always think I'm lying because it's online, it's global. And you're like, well, how can people online be cool? You haven't met them. Like, sure. <laughs> we got a really amazing supportive group of people. And that, and that also helps you work, walk into the garage or your own gym every day, because you do form bonds with these people. And you know that they walked in, you're like, I can't let them down. I'm going to walk in too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's funny. When I first started uh, using Lynchpin, I, we, we, were, we were texting about it a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't join the Facebook group. I really was just using it. I'd get on there, do the workout. I don't blame you. Um, and then I think actually beyond the whiteboard, they might have, they must have changed an update because I realized this. This is so funny. And this is how our phones work. They're they're wildly invasive. All of a sudden, I realized that there was something changed, and I started seeing the messages. Unless unless something new happened, huh. but I started seeing the daily messages from beyond the whiteboard in our linchpin group. Oh, I have squad, to think the linchpin squad. Yeah, like it started showing up as like a notification. Um, oh, that's funny. And I was like, that's weird. And I didn't turn it off because I, I have like very limited notifications on, but something like auto turn, something happened where I started seeing more every morning. I could see when people post in there and ask questions and when you post, like that was new. Mm -hmm. And I've loved it. Like it's been something over the first 12 days of the year that I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I, I started asking some questions in there and it's really a great community. I asked, um, and this is funny, I'll ask you on here. Maybe you'll have a good answer. I've had the dumbest question that I have not asked anybody in the community because I've been like, this is such a stupid question. There's got to be an obvious answer for this. And it is, I've had a weight vest since I basically built my garage gym. It was one of the first things I bought. And then now, obviously, over the last couple of years, rucking has become this hugely popular mm -hmm. thing. And my, my dumb question was, is there a, besides the fact that I guess a ruck, you can probably put a lot more weight in, 
is there a big difference between the two? And like I, my question in the linchpin group was like, I have this nice weight vest. Do I need to go buy a rucking backpack to get the rucking workout in? And someone in there was like, well, if you listen to Pat, I'll tell you, you know, fitness will be achieved either way. But anyway, I would love to know your answer because I, well, I was curious of this. I think you quasi answered it, which is, let's say that both are the exact same weight, 20 pound weight vest, or you've got 20 pounds in the backpack, you know, you can carry it over the distance. Overwhelmingly, the weight vest is just going to be a lot more comfortable the way that the loads distributed in your body. It's just going to feel better. You're not going to have these, you know, your traps aren't going to be dying from the sh shoulder straps or maybe your low back and things like that. It's a much more comfortable deal, but you will be limited to some degree with the loading that you can do compared to the rucksack. It just sits different. It feels different. And depending upon what you're training for, one might be better than the other, you know, like the weight on your back with the rucksack and how it could be secured in the pack itself. And then like with a waist strap or whatnot, I wouldn't want to do much more than go for a ruck with it, you know, but whereas if you've got a weight vest on, you could do burpees, you could do pull-ups, right. like you could go for a run, you could do all kinds of things. And so I think it just depends upon what it is you're looking to get out of your training session that day and what the loading is that you're looking to have on there, you know, and again, it just sits and feels different. So if you're, if you're going to go on a two or three day backpack trip with your friends, um, even if you could get a weight vest that was the same weight, let's say your pack was going to be 50 pounds and you could get a 50 pound weight vest. I would train with the rucksack for that. It just rides different, you know, and right. so it just depends yeah. on what you're going for. But I mean, you don't need either one, truth be told. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. That makes sense. And I, I figured it was a weight thing. That makes a ton of sense. Cause how much weight do you like? I mean, I don't know if there's a recommendation, but I'm trying to think through, I saw we had one ruck workout recently that was programmed. So that's the first yeah. time. That's when I asked, I can't remember what the weight was though. You know, I think if for a lot of guys, if you threw 35 pounds in the pack, you'd be in a good neighborhood. Okay. Got it. So a little bit more than like, I think my weight vest is just 20. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Probably, okay. I, I would guess it's 20. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. No, that's that. And see, there's a, there's a good question that I had that I, but again, leverage the Not community. Not a question at all. I, I, I know. I was like, I'm sure someone else has thought of this. They're like, wait, I bought this expensive weight vest at one point. Is this not useful anymore? It feels like right. everyone's moved on to rucksacks. That can't be, that can't be the truth. Right. Um, well, cool, Pat. Well, um, the other thing I really wanted to hit on, which I think is just so interesting for people nowadays, and and, and honestly, it, it hits home to me too, because my business is is virtual and everything we do is is really, you know, through the internet. So I wanted to ask you, so when you started doing Lynchpin, um, to kind of give everyone who's listening a little bit of a background, because I kind of jumped right into the deep end. Um, just curious for you, how... You, I don't want to say come, came up with the idea, but back in the day when I, when Lynchpin was really getting off the ground and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, CrossFit at that point was you showed up in person to a box, you were part, it was a membership you were paying to show up to a physical location. Mm -hmm. And for my memory, unless it serves me wrong, Lynchpin was one of the first ones where it was like truly a virtual version of CrossFit training. And I, I don't know if that's correct or not. Is that accurate? You know, I don't know the exact timelines of who was first, second, or third, but it was, it was certainly early in the game. That's for darn sure. And for you from, you know, I guess this is spinning more like a business question. Was it, was it just, Hey, like, I don't want to open an affiliate. I'd rather just post these online, see if online works. Was there a broader strategy for, for starting Lynchpin? 
Short answer is no, there was no strategy. Okay. There was no strategy. There was no business plan. There was no goal. There was no nothing. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, the way that it works actually is that Lynchman is an, an actual real brick and mortar affiliates, my garage, like you have to have, you can't just be like, you have to have an affiliate. And so my garage was affiliated. And I just, for no reason, I didn't intend on running classes. It was just for me to work out in, but I'd affiliated oh. my garage. And why and, would uh, you, what back then, why would you do that? Um, I didn't know if I'd ever eventually want to open it up to the public. You know, I just didn't know what the future held, but I was like, why not? And I, I loved programming. It was, I've always loved it. And I was always just posting my workouts on my personal Instagram every day. And, and they were the most boring photos in the world. They were a dry erase board. I'd write whatever the work I was with a dry erase board and write my time. That was it. And they got a, a big, um, following and people liked them like to do the workouts and somebody else i've had no good idea somebody else was like look you love doing this like why don't you just affiliate your garage and post under that like and then if you open it up one day people oh. will uh, recognize the name and it's like i'm like well sure like who cares like fine and so that's how that started and i just started doing it under linchpin and then that gained traction and i what's cool about that is it gained traction in my mind anyway, the only reason it would gain traction is because it worked mm -hmm. because, sure. because it was the world's again, most, it was a gray background with a black text. That was it. There was no half naked athletes, no booty shots, no cinematography, no, there was, it was the most boring Instagram account and it gained a ton of traction. So it must've been because the stuff worked and people liked it. So that was cool. And the more it gained traction, I'd start getting more questions all the time. Cause I just posted the workout. People would be mm -hmm. like, well, how long should this workout take me? What's a good warm up? Um, I don't have this piece of gear. I have this piece of gear. What's a good skill? Like, you know, these great questions that if I was to answer every one, it'd be like a full time job. Like, so I don't have time to answer, you know, one at a time questions. Like, it doesn't work. Because were you, were you, did you have a full time job at that point? Were you I was working, working for H, uh, CrossFit. Okay, so you were at HQ then. Okay. Yep. And then, one of the owners of Beyond the Whiteboard, who's a buddy of mine, Mo, he had the idea. Again, I've had none of these good ideas. Mo is like, look, you're getting all these questions. Like what you should offer is almost like a, a lesson plan, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like the workout of the day you're putting out there for free. People have all these questions. Why don't you create this thing every day that has a warm up? It has these different options. It has the goal time. It has the thought process behind it. Like, and it was very basic at that time. There, there wasn't five different options. It was really basic, you know, when, when the private Lynchman private track first started. But I started creating that and just put that out there and said, look, if, if this is information that you're interested in, I put the time, thought and effort in, into creating it. It's well thought out. And if you'd like to subscribe to it and get it, cool. Not no harm, no foul. Workouts posted for free. And people started signing up and liked it. And then as more people signed up, you know, and their community started to develop and more options started to develop. And now it, it's it just baby step after baby step after baby step again, through no intuition or thought process on myself, just trying to keep my eyes open and listen to the community and what they wanted. It's it's is where it is now. So there was literally no plan. Wow. And so at some point in there, Pat, there must have been there must have been an inflection point where you saw 
hey, like there's enough people here that are a part of this community who are, are part of Beyond the Whiteboard and following the private track. Like, was there an inflection point where you, did you, I can't remember, did you go directly from HQ to doing Lynchpin full-time? Was that like a, just a one-to-one -one leap? Um, so I was doing Lynchpin on the side with CrossFit HQ and then I got laid off from HQ. And then, but what was a blessing was Lynchpin was at a point where it would utterly and completely support my life. And so there was like a, a total non-issue in an odd way like probably so many people have said at various points in their life, it was one of the greatest blessings in the world because it actually allowed me to commit all of my time, thought and effort to linchpin. And then it just went through the roof when yeah. it, once it started getting my undivided, you know, attention, you know, cause you know, I can't speak for other people's programs, but when you deal with linchpin or you ask a question or whatever, like there's not like some other member of my staff that handles it. Like I do it like you're, you're talking to me and you get my two cents and you know, whatever you're seeing on paper and you're doing that day, like the time, thought and effort I put it, like, that's what you're doing. It's not, it's not somebody else because I'm running 17 other businesses and this kind of gets, right. you know, one tenth of my time. And it's like, that's not it. Like this is we genuinely, you know, I genuinely, genuinely care. And like, I'm all in just like everybody else. And so once that was able to like, there was nothing else blocking that. It was a, such a huge blessing in disguise. Oh, I bet. And it's so naturally what I can tell you love. Like, it's so obvious you love it, which is so, oh it's gotta goodness. be fun. It's just, I, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have scripted that out, um, but it worked out so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's funny because um, I, you know, I have CrossFit's become a special part of, of my world just because I've met so many people in this space. Honestly, this podcast has allowed me to just talk to a lot of people in the space. And then through business, I've got to work with a few people from different, you know, supplement brands in the space and different places. And I always think to myself, I'm like, what Pat's doing with Lynchpin is just, it's such an awesome thing because you get to do what you love, but then it's leveraging software. And so it's scalable. Like it's just mm -hmm. such a perfect combination when you think from a business perspective versus like, I remember even when I was at RX bar, one of the ideas I had to be able to leap and go on my own was like, maybe I should start an affiliate. And I remember thinking that and me being the finance guy, I was like running numbers and thinking like, man, I have a lot of people consistently show up for this to be a business that makes sense. Most likely. Right. Yeah. Especially like in somewhere like Chicago where it's just expensive to have real no, estate. Like, I can't even imagine what the leases would be like. Yeah. It just didn't really make sense. So has that been something that's eye opening to you. I, I know for me, like I, we've talked about this a little bit, like I deal a lot with e-commerce, like I said, so, you know, Amazon's kind of like the lion's share where I spend a lot of my time helping, mm. helping brands on there. Um, so it's, it's also leveraging, you know, scalable software, but for you, has that been something that's just kind of, it, it sounds like it happened by, by happenstance, but it sounds oh. like, like working with beyond the whiteboard, which also, by the way, that's exploded. I would believe just from oh. like using it. It seems like that's by far the platform of choice. At this Dude, point, I, I feel like, again, so many things just happen. I'm like, I'm, it's just through good luck, whatever you want to call it, right place at the right yeah. time. The BTWB crew has been, they're phenomenal. They're good, honest, genuine people. They're the same, the owners today are the same people that started the company over 10 years ago. They haven't sold it to somebody else who tried to milk it for profit and fire everybody. And like it, they're, they, they start because they love tech and they're CrossFitters and like, and it shows, I mean, they're always pushing out updates, constantly always. innovating. They're not just doing like whatever the bare minimum is like 
as fired up as I am about like strength conditioning and programming and helping people like they are with tech. I'm not. Mm. So like, I don't have to worry about that. I mean, they just, I don't know if you saw this, like, but they just came out on the app. There's like this AI feature now where you can like, I started playing with it workouts and it programs it for you. And there's that Tempest feature where you can work out virtually with people all around the globe. Like I could work out with somebody in Italy and like, we're racing each other. Like it's ridiculous. And so that just worked out really well to have Lynchpin be able to be delivered through that um through that app so that's been really cool yeah btwb it's funny um another name i'm sure you've heard of do you know jason grubb the master's athlete that's the savage yeah i've met him through the podcast i've had him on a couple times i remember when he was deciding where he wanted to start sharing his stuff he was gonna i can't i don't want to throw out another brand of software but I, i remember i was like dude i'm serious you're gonna want to do btwb like i've tried all the other ones linchpins on btwb and it's Every time I've in the past, I've always like sometimes I've like meandered away if I tried anything else, and I'm like BTWB and what Lynchpin do like that combination is so powerful and the data behind it's so incredible. Man, I agree. They're so far away from everybody else, and I feel like I have to have a full disclosure here because you know it's almost like if you hear somebody come on a news network and they give you an opinion and they don't tell you that they're associated with that company. That's brought to you by Pfizer. They're talking about something, right? Precisely. (laughs) So, you know, I also, you know work on the side for btwb like the very not random podcast that i do with adrian is under the very not random banner so i am associated with them now so you might be like okay well that's coloring what you said fair enough but what's what i would like people to know is that if i've been with btwb for maybe let's say on an official basis now for like maybe it's been about three years but linchpin's been on there since day one which i don't know if it's been like six years or something so it's been at least three years more than that and so I was, and I, during that time when I first started, I launched Lynchman on BTWB and only on BTWB. And I didn't put it on any other software or app, even though I had no official relationship with them. And I would be approached, you know, shall remain nameless by other apps and fitness tracking things, but like, Hey, we'd love to get Lynchman on our platform. And I said no to every single one, because I was always like, I take a lot of pride in what I do. And I want Lynchpin to be the best strength and conditioning program out there. And BTWB is the best and I don't want to give linchpin to my people on anything other than what I actually think is the best platform. So I politely declined all those. Oh, even before right. I had a relationship with BTWB. So hopefully that lets people know, like, I truly mean that when I say that, like, they're legit. Yeah, no, it seems like it. And it seems like they've done a good job of allowing, there's like a cross combination of, I'm sure people just use it plug their own workouts in and do it that way. They've, they've definitely expanded the portfolio of, of curated workout plans by different, you know, well-known people. I mean, it's from where it was a couple of years ago to now, like a couple of years ago, I want to say they had, I remember they had uh, Ben Smith, you and like maybe Spieler. I think that might've been it. I mean, it, it was, been, yeah. it was tight. It was like, it was definitely only a few folks. And now it's a huge catalog of, of options. Yeah. They got, wild. they got what you need, man. Yeah, I tell you what. So for so for you, um, is that something then for you know it, you said it? I think in the beginning a little bit. You're like I don't I don't really do marketing things like this. I'm sure that obviously the podcast I'm sure helps you guys a little bit. But when you when you put your business hat on, you think about Lynchpin. Is it is it the point now and 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 kind of it has been for a little bit where do you not have to? I don't want to say you don't have to think of it like a business. Obviously, it's it's a business for you. But it seems like it's more of a a passion project. A 
just like what you want to spend time on. Obviously, it, it supports you and your family, but how do you how do you think of it? Because it doesn't seem like from just talking to you the few times I have about this, um, it doesn't seem like it's like it's not like you're stressed out looking at a PL and like trying to manage a business. You're like, no, I'm just right. focused on really good programming and the rest follows. That's that's basically it in a nutshell. Cause like I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I thought about it like a business a 20 exit in two years, being you know, beats me. But I kind of feel like if I for lack of a better way to say it, I feel like if I started thinking about it like a business, it wouldn't be as good. Like, so mm -hmm. what I think about is as overly simplistic as it is, there's so much nonsense in the fitness space. And even in the CrossFit space, there's so much nonsense for influencers or fads. I mean, it's just, it's crazy that my goal is just, I want to make linchpin like just a vessel of truth. That's probably the best way I can say it. Okay, truth and that. strength and conditioning. That's linchpin. No fluff, no nonsense, real answers to real questions, real people, no Photoshop, no hype music. Like it's just, it's the unfiltered truth. Um, and with no one to run it by, I don't have yeah. to run it by a board of directors. I don't need to run it by like, if it, if it's right, if it's the right thing to do for people, and it works, the answer is yes, and we're going to do it. And I, and I just hope that great workouts that are fun, that don't beat you up unnecessarily, get you fitter, faster, and stronger without wasting your time, paired with the truth, paired with an amazing community, paired with an incredible app, that it'll just like that will spread on its own, because not to be crazy, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one out there doing that. But I feel like that's in short supply these days, whether it's in fitness or you try to get your car fixed, everyone's either overcharging you or lying to you or they don't keep the schedule that they would and then it breaks again. Like, like you're a rock star these days, not if you do something astronomical, if you do what you promised everybody that you would do in the yep. timeline you promised that it would be done at the price that you said it would. And if something changes, you communicate openly about it and you're transparent. If you do that, you're amazing. And it sounds like that should be such a basic thing to do in any industry, but I've found that it's not. And so I'm just trying to do that in strength and conditioning. Like that's my business plan. And I figure okay. if you want to come that. on board, cool. And if not, that's okay. It's a big world. I guess, you know, Lynchman's not for you. It's all right. That's amazing, Pat. I, I love that. And it's so funny. That is so true. Like what you just, oh you goodness, just hit so on. True. Like if you do those things, you stand out. I mean, not to totally it's just follow crazy. suit, but that's like, that's part of what, what me and my business partner, we focus on. I mean, we've really kind of tried to dumb things down and do the same thing. And it's, it is funny. Like it, nowadays that is not, that's not the norm at all. Right. It's weird. It's weird it's, when you stop and think about it. But then when you find people that do that in, and when you find the mechanic, Mm -hmm. That's a great shooter. Not only is he gonna he or she gonna have your business for life, you're gonna tell everybody else about that because you're like, hey, this is gonna blow your mind. This person actually conducts themselves like a professional. You're like, what? Really? Like, I yeah. know. Like it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's the business plan. No, I like that. I mean, this is gonna be a very dumb question after that, because I I already know the answer to this, but the way it's going. You know, I just see it from the outside and it seems like the amount of people that are, are part of the private track 
you know, I don't, I know you don't share the numbers necessarily or need to, but it seems like they're growing. It seems like there's definitely more people on all the platforms I'm on. There's way more people all the time that are in this data. So for you, would it, to again, put your business hat on, does it ever make sense to, I don't know what, what selling it would look like. Does it, is, do you foresee yourself, I guess, Pat, be, this is going to be like something you do for the rest of your life. Like, is this, do you think doing linchpin programming and, and continuing this, this like ultimate goal is something that just would go on forever? It's a good question. I don't, you know, it's a good question. And I've thought about it and I don't fully know what the answer is because I kind of feel like we're in uncharted territory as it is. Like I find it hard to believe that I'd be, you know, gray and wrinkled at 75. Well, let's say I've kept up with this. Like the, the truth of the matter is if I, if I kept up with this until I was 75 and I was sharp between the ears, I should be even better at everything then because I'd have another right. 27 years of experience, you know, and doesn't matter where you come from. I've seen it. Like I'd have so much experience. I've seen it, but most people probably wouldn't be following a gray 75 year old. Like there would be a, you know, I'd probably have my 50s, 60s and 70 year olds who would do it, but it'd be tough to get a 25 year old to do it. So I, I don't know if at some point in today's like social media world, if there is just this like natural fall point, I don't know, you know, there could be, or does does the demographic just follow me, you know, mm -hmm. or as the truth is, but this is a, even though this is the truth, it's tough for a younger person to understand that the workout that's appropriate for somebody who's 45 is also appropriate for somebody who's 25. They're like, well, that can't be true. I'm so much younger, fitter and faster, but it's actually true. Like you're both pulling a five by five dead today. You're both sprinting later in the week. Like it's just, it is what it, the loads are different. The times are different, but it is. You both have the same gross movement patterns of going below parallel, pressing overhead, pulling from the ground. You all when you exp exposure to light, moderate and heavy, all should be modulating your intensity. Like it's, it's the same playbook, like the loads and times are different and that, so it has the potential, you know, to go on forever. Um, I don't know, but, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely got something cool and valuable. I'm sure somebody, you know, would be a wonderful thing if for somebody to purchase, but I don't know what that would look like either. And um, I don't know what I would do now. I'm not going to take up golf, you know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I, and I would still, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm blessed and I'm doing this. It worked out well. Like I'm doing this and it's, 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 it's the most amazing. Like I feel just um, quite fortunate and lucky because I get to do something that I actually really like. And that's an understatement. Like I'm a, I've been a total nerd about it. Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like something about like a workout or strength and conditioning will pop into my head and I'll like have to log it. Like it might, my brain just wow. works that way. Like I can't shut it off. Um, but it also helps everybody else. Like, so it's good for me. It's great for everybody else. Like there's this symbiotic relationship that is, and it, and it feeds my family. Yeah. Right. So fortunate to do that. So if I wasn't to do this, again, I couldn't just sit around my house. I'm not that sort of a person. So I don't know what I would do. So I've thought about your question and I don't know, I'm sure I'll pass the baton to somebody at some point in time, but I don't know what that would look like. And it'd have to be the right person. Got it. No, it's a great answer, Pat. I, the reason I ask is because I've, I've been wondering I, I've thought about it before. I'm like, it, the, the question of like, who would be following your workouts when you're 75 is so interesting because part of me thinks, yeah, you definitely have whoever is doing it now, like would just follow forever. And then 
I have to wonder too, though, and this is just me and my wife talked about this the other day. You you think about our like me and my wife. We're I'm 32, she's 31. So we think about like our parents and their generation right now, mm-hmm. and just like what the norm was when it came to diet, exercise. Like my parents are in the early 60s, for example. So just like a totally different chasm of like what normal is. Right. And then you think, okay, the kids that are in high school now even that are 15 years behind me, man, you got to think that, you know, they're all going to come up in a time where it will be pretty normal to see 75 year olds deadlifting 500 pounds. Like I, that's where the, hopefully the world I believe in is like never before. Yeah. Like it's, hopefully it's all moving in that direction. I mean, we, I think you and I probably live in a world where maybe that's more common between the people we talk to though, sadly than the average, which is sometimes Mm -hmm. I like wrap my head around that, but it's really interesting. And you've branded it well too. I would tell you, Pat, because People who know what Lynchpin is and they're involved in CrossFit know you for sure. Um, but yeah, Lynchpin itself, I, I believe it's kind of created a, a brand of itself. Like if, if I met, say Lynchpin for people who do CrossFit know what Lynchpin is, everyone like kind of says the same thing. Like it's the simple, most effective version of CrossFit. It's kind of the way I always that's describe cool. it. And that's, and that's as much, like I said before, your people like you are out there spreading that word more than me, you know, I do my part. So that's, that's really cool because, you know, sometimes you can have in your head what you want your brand to be and you hear somebody else articulate, you're like, oh no, 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 no. You're like, that's <laughs> so, not it. <laughs> it's here now and then you're like, yeah, I like that. That'll work. Yeah. No, no, no. That, yeah. It's fair enough. Um, very cool. So for, for you, Pat, you know, the other question I would love to ask, we hit on this a little bit last time too, I believe, you know, Lynchpin, I, I know you obviously spent an absorbent amount of time between that and very dot random and just all the different components of, of you know, again, I'll put that into a business. Are you doing anything else on the side? I know last time we talked a little bit about like real estate and some of that. Is there anything else that you're kind of doing today that diversifies your time at all or revenue or any of that kind of fun stuff? That's, that's still it to this day. Like I'm still a total financial nerd. Like if I, if I have free time or, or things that I can listen to, it's about what's going on in the market locally, nationally, globally. Um, whatever it whatever it happens to be like that occupies my time and, and 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 also you know the real estate that's that's continued to this day as well i mean everything you know linchpin pays for my family and you know the vehicle i have in the driveway which is nothing fancy the f-150 and you know the the house and all the stuff and anything which is extra since day one i've invested it since day one. Oh wow I've good for you jet ski I haven't bought a watch. I haven't, but like nothing, like not a single solitary dime, you know, we'll take a couple family vacations a year, but nothing, everything other than that has just been um, invested, you know, just to, okay. to start compounding. Yeah, yeah. What type of investments are we talking about? Well, I mean, you know, like everybody else, probably, you know, stock market equities as, as well. But then the other largest part is just, uh, the real estate stuff that I've been, you know, oh, nice. investing in for, for a while, just income producing properties. You Very know, cool. just, are you doing like single family or multi family? I'm investing as part of other people's uh, deals on like um, apartment buildings and things like yeah. that. Nice. Yep. So it's funny, Pat, the reason I wanted to ask, I knew, I knew you talked about this a little bit. This is an area where I, this year alone, I'm trying really, really hard to like, I don't know if I can, if I'm, if I'm ready to make a deal yet, maybe I will, 
but I'm getting to the point where I, I want to just, I want to arm myself like 2024. That's like one thing on my list is I want to feel like by the end of the year, I've like talked to enough people and learned enough about this opportunity to start making some moves. So honestly, just a dumb question. Like where, where did you start? Like, how did you kind of get involved? What was your mechanism for kind of getting deals on the table and evaluating them and, and, and ultimately like getting involved in a deal? The, the first resource that I went to was a, a podcast, a bigger pockets podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like what I first started. Got I got hooked on that and I listened to it. at the time, like every podcast that they had out, like just binged it as well. And then from there, you know, that led from that it seemed like a lot of their guests all said the same thing, like started in residential, eventually wound up in commercial, wish I should have gone there sooner and all that. So then that led me down the road of like trying to learn the difference between residential and commercial and poking into that whole world and what that meant. And so exploring some books and, and podcasts on the commercial side of the house, which is way more interesting and complex and, and just different. And then realizing, you know, there are different people out there in that space who've been doing it for years and have a good track record. And they look for investors to help them fund their deals, you know, and get a slice of the pie and all that. And so you can do it in more of a passive manner. Mm -hmm. truth be told to do it on the active side of the house right now that's a full-time job sure you know oh, for sure if you're doing commercial real estate investing on a, on a any sort of a scale like that's a full-time gig and so i couldn't be doing lynchpin and so where i am right now in my life it makes the most sense to find investments that are more on the passive side than the active side okay i love that that's where my head's been is i would love to do a passive deal this year if i can find the right one and talk to the right people and get it on the right deal where my, and I'm probably a paralysis by analysis kind of guy, typically that's, that's, I have to be careful because I just go down a rabbit hole, but for me, and I guess for the, for the, a layman's term example, for the, the average listener today that maybe has never even looked into commercial real estate to use like easy numbers. This is where I've kind of gotten hung up and just in today's environment with the craziness with rates and everything. Mm -hmm. It it feels like if you, let's say you put $50,000 towards a passive deal, and I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but I'm just using that as a rough number. Um, you put that at a deal. There's obviously a, a, a number per month you're hoping to get back is just like a piece of the pie from the rental income minus any expenses that would have come. And then I'm assuming at the end of that, there's obviously, hopefully you're going to, the, the group is going to sell it to someone else and you're going to get like a one-time big time payout. Is that right. roughly yeah. the math? Yep, and then today, where I where I've struggled is the thought of um, like future cash flow. So if I'm to give, if I was to give fifty thousand to a passive deal, the amount per month today in this environment with the hope of selling versus like some of the rates you can go get with even some of the simplest mechanisms. I mean, crazy enough, like some of these savings accounts from like Goldman Sachs today are over five percent. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think about that? Because I, maybe I just haven't seen the right deal, but from the ones I've glanced at, I'm like, man, it seems like almost like a bigger risk right now. Like you're putting so much cash capital towards a, a deal that's going to not bring you back a whole lot today. But maybe I'm yeah, just thinking so about it wrong. Let's, let's stick with your $50,000 example. Okay. Okay. So let's say that um, you were going to go with a well-known group, you know, somebody you trusted had a good track record and they were going to for easy numbers, let's say purchase a, a 100 unit apartment building in some state. Okay. And they were going to look to do, they had to raise, you know, whatever, just simple numbers. They had to raise 10 million bucks. Okay. Um, 
or they're going to get, get a $10 million loan, let's say, and they had to raise 35%, they got to raise 3.5 million. And so they're going to go to however many investors to kick in $50,000 until they get to 3.5 million. You all get a slice of that pie. They should have some of their own skin in the game as well. So they've, they've put in their own capital. Okay, sure. Um, you know, or else that's a red flag. Oh, and then, you know, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. And then a general, let's say just general rough numbers on something like that would be that is typically, let's say, a five-year hold. You know, they're going to have a business plan to try to make the property better, increase the amenities, make it a better experience for the residents. You know, there's a, an annual increase in, in rents, blah, blah, blah. Five years later, the property should be worth more, valued more, sold to another group, whatever it happens to be. I would think typically speaking for something like that, um, you would get a like a monthly distribution on that 50K that you put in. And let's say that it was, it could be anywhere from maybe five to 7% you know, annual. And so if it's, if it's 5% annual, that would be what? $2,500 split $2, up over 12 months, you okay. know, you get, yeah. you get that small monthly payment. And then what would typically happen is five years down the road, when the property was sold, you would get your initial capital back. You obviously made whatever you made each month, and then you'd get a lump sum payment at the end. And depending upon the deal structure, like, you know, they would call, probably call it like the equity multiple. So like, for example, they might say $50,000 investment, five-year hold, um, average distribution of, you know, 5% annually, equity multiple is, is 1.75, which means for every $1 you put into the deal, at the end of it, if you added up the monthly payments and the lump sum that you'd get at the end, you would get back a, a dollar seventy for every mm. dollar that you that you put in. You know, okay. so you know that. Let's say, person like break up my phone here. So if you put fifty thousand times one point seven uh, is uh, eighty five thousand bucks. You know, okay. so you would that which I bet would roughly come out if you added. The monthly payments and the lump sum at the end, that would, I think, come out to probably about 15% a year on average is what, when you add the lump sum in. So that's uh, why like you're saying okay. you get a high yield savings account or something, maybe you're making 5% a year, but that other one would average out to about 15% a year. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, once that you makes take more into sense. account the disposition, the sale at the end, but there's pros and cons to both, right? If your money's sitting somewhere at 5%, well, unless there's something I'm not sure about that, but you probably have access to it. Whereas is something like a deal I mentioned that's illiquid. So yeah. you're going to put your money into it. You don't have it for five years. Right. Right. You know, it's, so, it's, gone, it's gone for five years. Right. And so there's, there's, you know, and every deal is different. Every whatever has their pros and cons. And so, you know, that's basically, I think like a really rough. That's a great break. example. Yeah. And so. Is there, I guess probably where my brain goes is I, this industry from total, I'm a, I'm a total novice when it comes to understanding this. So this is just me dipping my toe in and listening to podcasts. It seems like this industry as a whole has certainly grown drastically, right? Like I think there's a lot more deals happening, a lot more people trying to do this. I think so too. Do you think there's a risk at the end where people maybe... Like, I guess is the exit. So like you bought it for 10 million, 
And when they build the business plan, the goal is to sell it for 15 million or 20 million. I'm not sure what that, what those, what those normally look right. like. Is there a lot of risk in the exit? Cause that's a, such a big part of the calculation. Have you noticed that from what you're, what you've learned so far? There could be risk in the exit for a couple reasons. I say the number one way to mitigate your risk is to make sure that you are doing business with somebody who has a proven track record. Mm. It, you know, you don't want a newbie handling yeah. your capital. You know, you sure. want somebody that's, that's been there and done that. And if they've been around for a long period of time, they've probably gone through multiple business cycles and they probably went through a tough time in a recession. How do they handle that as well? And what do they do with all the investors capital or did they lose their capital? Did they do a capital call where they had to ask people for more money because something went south? Like, yeah, if somebody has been yeah. around one, two or three years, they're not going to have that. But if they've been around 15, chances are, you know, they have. So that's the probably the number one way to mitigate it. And then the other one would be just, you know, the business plan obviously has to make a, a ton of sense and it has to be conservative. Okay. You know, the estimates have to be conserved. The rent growth has to be conservative. The, you know, whatever they think the, and then some, you know, whatever they think the cost to upgrade each unit should be, there should be some fluff in there. Like there, sh it should be a conservative business plan and they should be conservative in their underwriting and all that stuff. And the loan should have, you know, favorable terms. And then the, then the thing also why it's illiquid is you don't know what's going to happen with the real estate cycle. Like what did the fed just hiked rates in an unprecedented way for three decades, right. you know, and, and housing prices and real estate prices plummeted. So if you were looking to sell now is not a good time to sell, you know, and how, so, how does that work? So it's like the whole group have to decide. Well, you most likely, I mean, to some degree, you depending upon the agreement that you signed, the the principals, you know, the the main directors, they, they might have the authority people. to make yeah. those decisions. And truth be told, you would want them to. And so, you know, it would be if we were in a deal right now where maybe that five year time frame is coming up and I should be selling, getting my capital back. That's great. You know, unless that was your last bit of money in this earth that you needed to feed your family, like hopefully you'd be like, actually, I don't want you to sell right now because it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, everything's going okay. So yeah, it'd be nice to have it. We're not, let's hold another year. Like, because let's, let's wait until we're in an actual favorable climate that, that it makes sense. And that's actually one of the good things about um, different sort of investment vehicles, like something like, like real estate is if you are patient and you have the time you know, real estate, they're not making any more of it, right? I mean, you can, you can yeah. wait where it's a, you know, and you're kind of in a bit more of the driver's seat to some degree, right? I mean, if I invest in Apple or Microsoft or Tesla, I'm just along for the ride. Right. You know, whereas, you know, if you're invested with something like this and, you know, they can explain to you, here's where we are, here's what the market's doing, here are the jobs that are coming in, here's the average rental growth in that area. Here's where we compare to the, the comparable properties. This is why the business line makes sense. You can follow the bouncing ball like, ah, gotcha. You know, so some of it just makes a lot more sense in, in my brain. Whereas, you know, I invest in some of these other stocks and I'm like, hope everything's cool at Apple. I don't know. Like, yeah, no, that's a really good point, Pat, because it's funny. It kind of was a light bulb while you were saying that. Um, I started listening to a podcast last year called the all in podcast. Have you ever heard of this? I've heard it about it from several people, but I haven't listened to it yet. 
It's really interesting. At first, I was a little skeptical. The guys, it's four guys. They're all big venture capital guys. They play high stakes poker together. But ultimately, mm-hmm. like one of them was one of the original PayPal, like mafia guys, if you've ever heard of that. So he, you know, yeah, was okay. Elon and made a ton of money. Another guy was one of the early, he was like number three at Facebook and sold for, God, Bill, he's probably worth. And so they're all like very high net worth people. But what you hear every week is they hit on business things that are going on. They're obviously very in the weeds and venture capital. And they're like at the forefront of where the big deals are happening. And then they honestly are probably tied into politics more than they even want to admit. Like they get, they have people on that are running for president, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. What's interesting is what you just said, I've been feeling a lot when I listen to them is as a normal, just everyday investor in the stock market, like I don't know what's going on until it's too late and they announce earnings. Those guys, you can, they know what's going on. They're friends with Zuckerberg. Like they can just pick up the phone and be like, so what's, you know what I mean? And it right. goes to show yeah. like at scale. What are competitive advantages that we don't have? That it's like, it's legal, but it's not like you and I could never know this information and make the moves that is necessary. Whereas in real estate, yeah, you're, you're definitely in the driver's seat to agree with that. So very cool. Okay. I appreciate the background. That was really, I've been wanting to ask that question to someone for so long. And funny enough, I just randomly thought of, I'm going to ask Pat. Pat Pat will probably have a really clean and easy way to explain how the deal works. Yeah. And that's the goal. And the goal, I mean, that's why I haven't spent money on anything else. I mean, that's the goal to also one day build that to where whatever comes in from that could feed my family. Oh, okay. So it's like the monthly plus. Like just have as many legs of the stool as you can, you know, because I just don't want everything riding on one leg, no matter what, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. No, I like that a lot. I, I've been, that's why I've been thinking too, is like, is uh, real estate seems like another great leg to lean on. Just need to like, is it one of those things where you felt like, did you take little baby steps and then you're, you're probably taking bigger steps now type of thing? Yeah, certainly baby steps. And I spent a long time just geeking out on it and trying to learn, okay. you know, okay. a really long time, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. I, I feel like that's where I'm at right now. I'm in like the learning, trying to ask dumb questions, figure it out stage. 100% man. That's the right thing to do. Okay. Well, sweet Pat. Well, I, I definitely might have some questions for you offline that I want to ask yeah, you. Of course. Uh, and I know we're, we're up on time, so I don't want to, I want to make sure you get back to what you got to do. The last well, hey, question. Give me your, let me ask you, what do you think yeah, with all your sure. uh, uh, financial knowledge? Are we going to have multiple rate cuts this year? Are we going to have a recession? What's going on? I think. I think we're going to have rate cuts and it's going to be an on fire year. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I don't think I sit in the norm on that. I think what's going to be interesting to see is, and I, I'm young enough where I, I've only lived through as an adult that's paying taxes to real presidential cycles. So this is like number three for me. And I feel like I've watched the last two, which have felt absurd and crazy and not normal American cycles. Um, I, I'm just very, that's probably the biggest wild card I think right now is, is like, what are all these different, very powerful people going to try to pull this year, which is going to be out of all of our control. But mm-hmm. I think we, I feel like we've been in a stage where people have been price conscious, penny pinching to a degree. I know like with the brands I work with, like the pivot from selling as much as you can to profiting as much as you can has been a paradigm shift across a lot of industries that I touch. And I think we're going to start feeling that this year where it's going to kind of hopefully go the other way. I think we'll see rate cuts. I think we'll see like we, the reason we ended up buying our home in October was totally went from like the best interest rate on earth I could have ever had to probably the worst. But 
there was such a lack of competition that I think is about to just flip where if rates go back to where they are, there's going to be a lot of different industries that you'll see the competition is going to come back really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think 2024 is actually going to be a surprisingly good year. And then you have, of course, all the conflict where that is just such a spinning eight ball that you just don't know where it's going to land and, you know, hope and pray it that it doesn't turn into anything else. I think that's probably one that I I try my very best to not look at the news on my phone or have the TV on in the morning because it's just just disheartening. So the less I, the least, the the less I look at the news, I feel like the happier I end up being is what I've I've realized. (laughs) There's like a direct correlation there. Um, But I think it'll be a better year. Yeah, I think think the last couple of years have been pretty brutal. Um, And I think we're we're due for a good one. If I was- I agree. I mean, I think there's going to be rate cuts just because this is my humble call it a conspiracy theory if you want i don't care what side of the aisle you're on red or blue right if you're the incumbent president you talk to the fed right yes it's not good for any incumbent president to lead up to an election with profoundly high interest rates and the economy doing poorly Right. What you want as the incumbent, red or blue, is let's set ourselves up so that people are feeling good, money's flowing, stock yes. market's doing great. Look at what I did for you. Yes. And how are you going to make that happen? Let's get some rate cuts. Hundred so percent. That's that. my I, simple, so funny. That's my simple thought philosophy right there. I, I'm with you. I feel like through COVID too, it was such a an eye opener to how much influence there is across everything and. I again, I've probably just been a naive young guy for a long time and didn't realize it. I hundred. It's not like they're going to sit back and nothing great is going to happen. It don't matter. Doesn't matter. I do think there's going to be a conversation that's had, and it's like, let's get this puppy run in the right direction. (laughs) Right. I know one of the things the guys on the All In podcast said that I think is really interesting. Their their big bet for the year was that this will be the first time there is a. Instead of it just being independence, they think there might actually be a third party form that like isn't like a goofy name or like a goofy belief, but there's enough people online that are tired of the two. And yeah, so they're cool. like, they, they think if any year was the year, this could be it also because it's probably going to end up being a rematch of two people that no one's fired up about. So that would be interesting to see an actual meaningful third candidate. Yeah. And make it not something goofy like green party or you know like all it does is just tank one of the other ones like the third one has no shot of winning it just tanks one of the other two exactly so their big thing was like you got to figure out a name that doesn't give off goofy vibes which i was like it's so true because you you really do need to call it something that everyone's like Mm -hmm. oh that's a good name for it yeah we'll see man and i mean it's it this would be the year it's funny um i think i even heard this on rogan a couple a week ago maybe they were talking about the CNN viewership numbers now. Mm. And I was like, I think I actually was looking, I, I think even like some of, some of like the influencers that you and I know, well, get more viewership than those guys get on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Things are, things are changing. I think it's going to be a good year. It's going to be. I hope so, man. I think so. Big we'll changing see. year. Yeah. Um, Pat, the last question I, I love to ask, cause this one is just something I personally nerd out on. And, and someday if I can make this a, a business, I think I'll be pumped is all about productivity. I don't know why this has become such a thing that I probably spend too much time thinking about, but for you being a dad, being a husband, running linchpin, 
you do the podcast. There's a lot of things that you're you're doing. What what tools do you use so everyone listening today can can walk away with understanding what Pat uses? Are you a like I have like a full focus planner here that I use, like a pen and paper guy? Are you a time blocking calendar guy? Are you an app guy? What is, what does Pat do to keep all of his work straight, and prioritize, and, and get stuff done? I've got just an old school legal yellow legal pad sitting here on my love thing, it. Which I'm constantly scratching stuff out. I've got a huge desk calendar where you can write something in each one of the days, you know, and mark it out and move it and all that. And then I've, whatever happens in my life, I put it in my, in my iPhone, I put it in the calendar with notifications. Like if it's not in there, I will forget it. Like it, it's just, yes. it is what it is. So those are, those are like my normal daily tasks sort of things and nothing there is overly fancy, but it works and it works really well. Um, and I'm sure I'm a bit of a dinosaur and there's probably some amazing AI that I'm not aware of that could like skyrocket that, but I haven't used it yet. Okay. Yeah. As I say, AI is going to be interesting with that. I think productivity and AI have a, have a, an obvious coming to together moment this year. We'll see. That's cool though. Do you, uh, do you time block things? Like, do you, are you constantly using your calendar that way? Like if you're like, Hey, I want to spend an hour a week on real estate. Do you like throw that on your calendar? No, I don't do stuff like that. I just, that kind of makes its way in. And that usually makes its way in in some time where I can't be working on something else. Like if, if I'm working or programming or doing something, I have to be standing here, but like maybe when it's time for me to eat breakfast or eat lunch, I know I'm going to be in the other room for 30 minutes, let's say, and I'm not going to be on my computer. That's when I'll be reading something on real estate or listening to a podcast or doing something like um, that time is used in some sort of a way that hopefully helps me or benefits me or something and checks one of those other blocks of something that I enjoy, but it's not like my full-time day job. Got it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love it. So it's a little bit more just natural. I drive around a lot. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of listening I do in the car with three kids and running them around to sports and school. There's a fair amount of driving. And even if the kids don't want to hear on the way there, once I drop them off, I got 20 minutes by myself in the car on the way back several times a day. That adds That'll up to it. the course of weeks and months. Yeah. Love it. I know. I, that's something that I think goes on. Like it's a, it's a little secret thing. When we talk about time adding up uh podcast in the middle of like things you normally would just be oh, doing. Totally. I don't listen. I love music, but I don't ever listen to it in the car because I'm like, I could be spending this listening to this podcast. And so there's always right. a podcast on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always have AirPods around. I'm always like plugging one in and working right. and doing something and have something I'm learning. Well, Pat, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. This was a great episode and, and loved uh, hearing all your ins and outs and, and smart tidbits. I think everyone that listens um, will get something out of this one. So thank you. And the last thing if, for anyone listening, Pat, that wants to learn about Lynchpin, wants to try your workouts, wants to follow you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, um, go to CrossFitLynchpin.com. And you can click on, it says private track, get yourself a 30 day free trial. And 30 days is a really long time to see if everything I said is true or if I'm a filthy liar. <laughs> follow us on Instagram, CrossFit Lynchpin on Instagram. And other than that, we're out there. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Love it. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I'll add all the links to the show notes so everyone can cool. find it. And um, definitely everyone listening, try the 30 day trial. You'll get hooked. It's awesome. Pat does a fantastic job. And uh, I've been following it for years now. So. Love it, man. Well, thanks, Pat. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we uh, let's talk soon.